From KLCC Studios, this is Oregon on the Record. I'm Michael Dunn. Oregon became the 33rd state admitted to the Union on February 14, 1859. So it's wholly appropriate to say today, Happy Birthday, Oregon. From the final stop on Lewis and Clark's historic expedition to becoming the first state to pass landmark environmental legislation like the beach and bottle bills, Oregon has many wonderful events and firsts to celebrate. On the other hand, our state was the only one to exclude black people as citizens in the state constitution, and Oregon's overall history of discrimination is deeply troubling. In short, the history of Oregon is extremely complex. Today on Oregon on the Record, you'll hear from an expert on our state's history. He'll talk about how history is a living, breathing thing, and that it's more important than ever that we as citizens learn our history and use historical lessons to chart a better future. The Oregon Historical Society is a nonprofit charged with both preserving the history of our state, but also teaching about the Beaver State's rich and at times challenging historical record. Today, the society is steeped in festivities and programs to celebrate the birth of our state 165 years ago. Its executive director is not just a font of historical knowledge about Oregon, but also someone who truly believes that learning about history, with all its warts, is the only way we can become better as citizens and make our state even better in the future. Carrie Timchuk, the executive director of the Oregon Historical Society, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us. My pleasure. Uh, happy birthday, Oregon. Yeah, indeed. The 165th year as a state, you know, from your perspective, I mean, what does it mean to, to, to celebrate the fact that we've been a state in these United States for so long? Well, I, I don't think we, think we look a day over 140 myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's a, it's a great time for Oregonians to uh, consider our state's history, uh, both the ups and the downs, mm-hmm. and to uh, plot a, a course for the future. I always say that here at the Historical Society, you think we might be focused on the past, but we're also focused on the future and learning from the past. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, Oregon is is made up of so many different groups of people, you know, and, and it's a state that obviously over the intervening decades, a lot of people have moved to from other places, be it the Midwest, the East, California, wherever, you know. What do you think it should mean to, 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 to citizens, especially maybe people who've only been here for a few years, to sort of acknowledge our history, celebrate it, and, and learn about it? And learn about it is the key. Uh, you know, we, uh, we, I like to say that, you know, here at, at OHS, we're not the Chamber of Commerce. We're <laughs> not the Tourism Bureau. Mm-hmm. Those organizations have very important jobs and responsibilities, and they do them well. But our job as the historical society society is to tell the whole story of Oregon, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Uh, for, for people to consider, to learn from, uh, you know, you know, Oregon has had a, a checkered past, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, a century and a half ago, and you know, when we came into the union as the thirty third state on February fourteenth, eighteen fifty nine, we came in as the only state before or since to have a state constitution that specifically banned African-Americans from living in the state. Yeah. Never really enforced because it was unconstitutional to the U.S. Constitution, but it remained in the Oregon Constitution until the 1920s, sending that message. And, and when I talk about that, people, some people say to me, you know, you make me feel guilty for, for being a white man. Hmm. And my response to them is, look, you're not responsible for what happened 150 years ago or 100 years ago or even 50 years ago. 
but you're responsible for knowing what happened and how that impacts Oregon history and how we can learn from it and how we can make things better. It's a great point. And I'm going to get into that in, in just a second, but I, I like the... And it's all, it's, let me say, it's also important to remember that while Oregon statehood started in 1859, of course, the land that was Oregon has been here uh, since time immemorial. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first individuals to live in what is now Oregon, of course, were the indigenous people, the Native Americans. And the term they use is time immemorial. They've been here for, you know, thousands of years. The One of the oldest items we have in our collection is a... Uh, is are some sandals called the Fort, pair of Fort Rock sandals. They also have a pair at the University of Oregon Natural History Museum that were discovered at a dig here in Oregon, archaeological dig, carbon dated to some 7,000 years ago. Wow. Not so long, you know, people have been living here in what is now called the, the, you know, the state of Oregon. It must be fascinating as a historian to sort of marry those timelines of, you know, incredibly far-reaching happenings and events and stuff that, you know, uh, continues to happen to present day, if that makes sense as a question. Sure. You know, it, one of my favorite quotes is was the late, great uh, historian and best-selling author, David McCullough. Mm -hmm. And he, he once said that history is who we are and why we are the way we are. Hmm. History is who we are and why we are the way we are. And uh, to look back at history dating back, you know, to 7,000 years ago, too, it's always, you know, I think more more relevant uh, and interesting to look at history more recently mm -hmm. to uh, understand the lessons you can learn and uh, where, where you go from there. But uh, yeah, history just, you know, it covers so many subjects in so many years. I, I also think about uh, uh, Harry Truman, President Truman once said that uh, the only thing new in the world is the history you don't know. <laughs> I like that. So uh, our job here at OHS is to, is to teach people a lot about the history of Oregon that they don't know. Yeah. The people, the places and things, all the things that have combined to to make Oregon, Oregon. From, you know, the story of the Beach Bill to the story of Tom McCall to the story of the, you know, the Bottle Bill to uh, all the things that have, have, you know, made Oregon uniquely Oregon. I'm going to reintroduce you to our audience. We are talking to the executive director of the Oregon Historical Society, Carrie Timchuk, and we're talking about Oregon's celebration of being a state. Um, you referenced, uh, obviously, one of my favorite Clint Eastwood movies, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Why don't you f talk about, at least in your, in your opinion, you know, touch on each one of those categories, you know, especially as we celebrate Oregon statehood. What do you, in your mind, maybe talk about some of the some of the great things, some of the good, some of the bad, and then perhaps right. some of the ugly? Well, I think you know, as we look back at, I mean, just I mean, the progress that has been made, obviously, since Oregon became a state in 1859 till mm -hmm. today. I mean, that's you know part of the whole progress of civilization. Yeah. But you, you look back at some of the things that Oregon is is well known for, like being a leader in the green movement you know, with the, the beach bill and the bottle bill, uh, being one of the first states to have the initiative petition to allow you know, citizens to put uh, measures on the ballot, uh, being one of the first states to have vote by mail, uh, you know, always opening, open, making voting easier and, and, and expanding democracy. Uh, you look at, you know, such something as Nike. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, here's a company that has, you know, 
revolutionized and changed the world in many ways. There's not a country or in the in, in the world that doesn't know about Nike. All all here in Oregon, of course, by by Phil Knight, who was you know at at the University of Oregon in, in Eugene. Uh, so many other uh, Linus Pauli and the great uh, Nobel Prize winning physicist. You can go on and on about you know what how Oregonians individual and collectively have helped to make America better and help to change America. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you look at the, the not so good. I mean, you you, you, you do think about the, uh, as was the case in so many states, of course, the, the awful treatment of minorities, of, of African-Americans, of Chinese-Americans. And then you look at Oregon, one of the three states on the West Coast, California, Oregon, and Washington, during World War II, who, uh, you know, complied with the federal order signed by President Franklin Roosevelt to uh, remove Japanese American citizens. I mean, people who are actually American citizens to remove them from their land, from their homes, and to put they and their families in uh, internment camps. Yeah. Uh, not one of the, you know, the better moments of, of American history or of Oregon history, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you, you you mentioned sort of our 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 physical location and and you know sort of you know to the north we have Washington to to, to the south we have California uh, making up the West Coast you know from a historical perspective you know people could argue okay California because of its size um, is is perhaps a more important state. Maybe people may make the same claim about Washington. Again, more population, you know, a larger city like Seattle and whatnot. You know, from your perspective as a historian, you know, what is our location uh, 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 meant to our historical development uh, uh, as Oregon? Well, it's important to remember that before, you know, about a decade or so before we became a state, the the what is now the border of Oregon and California, the states, was once the border of the Oregon Territory and Mexico. Hmm. Uh, and that, you know, the, the uh, influence of uh, Latinos in Oregon uh, has long been part of our story uh, because they were, they were here from the, from, from the very beginning. Uh, and certainly are now the largest minority population in, in the state of Oregon, you know, contributing immeasurably to our to our culture. Hmm. One, one of the things, you know, that one of the assets we have at uh, OHS that I would encourage your listeners to go to is the Oregon Encyclopedia. It's essentially Wikipedia for all things Oregon, hmm. although every entry on the Oregon Encyclopedia is is accurate and fact checked, which I can't make the same claim for Wikipedia. Hmm. But it's uh, www.organencyclopedia.org, and it's uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles and entries about all things Oregon, people, places, things, events. It is fascinating and a great way to spend a week, a rainy weekend, diving down one rabbit hole to another, learning <laughs> new things, learning the history you don't know, and. It's, it's fascinating that every month I get a report on the most read entries that month on Oregon Encyclopedia. And we get over a million hits a year now. Wow. Uh, so there's a lot of people doing a lot of reading about Oregon students and scholars and just average everyday you know, citizens. Yeah. And you'd be surprised the number one entry most every month and certainly at the end of the year as the most read entry for the year. Are you ready? I am. Bigfoot. 
You know what? I, I, I like that. I like that. Yes. <laughs> and also in the top five frequently is Animal House, yeah, the movie. Of course. Of, of course. course, which is filmed in, down there in uh, Eugene Springfield. It, exactly. And it's really on telling about the story of the movie. But but uh, there are some serious topics that are also in the top usually five or six every month, uh, including the Oregon Trail. Hmm. People fascinated still today by the stories of the Oregon Trail. Uh, the, the entry on Blacks in Oregon, hmm. which should be required reading, I think, for every Oregonian, telling that story. Uh, and But it's just such a... Uh, rattlesnakes. The entry on rattlesnakes, for some reason, gets a lot of hits, and I don't like snakes, so I can't imagine <laughs> someone diving down into, into read about the story of rattlesnakes in Oregon. But the Oregon Encyclopedia is a great way for uh, folks to learn about this remarkable state. Um. As a history. And Michael, let me say that now you mentioned that again. We're, yeah. We are celebrating today uh, for the second straight year in a really, I think, unique and inspiring way. And we are serving as the venue for our friends at the uh, INS Immigration Naturalization Service. Mm -hmm. And we're hosting a, a citizenship swearing in ceremony. Oh, talk about that. And about 30 newly who have completed the last step to become U.S. citizens. They will be here uh, to uh, take the take the oath uh, along with their all their families, I'm sure, with them and friends, and become new American citizens and new Oregonians. Uh, and and what a I think what a great way to celebrate Oregon's birthday by welcoming uh, new American citizens uh, into our state. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and as we talked about, I mean, this is a this is a place that um, many people move to. It's a, it's a state where, except maybe some blips, but it certainly has has been growing in population. And certainly, we've seen that uh, over the intervening decades. Um, as you talked about, you know, there's uh, it's important to to reckon with the past. And certainly, you know, you talked about in the Constitution the fact that African Americans weren't 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 you know uh, uh, allowed or certainly marginalized. And certainly, you know, the this, this history about redlining in certain neighborhoods and certain cities has been well chronicled. And you just talked about that's one of the biggest searches for the the encyclopedia that you have. You know, talk about that idea of 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 reckoning with the past so 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 that we can move forward and as a historian you know maybe uh, you know talk about the best ways in which we as a as as proud members of our state can reckon with that past and 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 reach a point where we're better for it well you just have to tell that i think you have to tell the whole story you know uh University of Oregon recently, like so many places across the country, uh, have gone through, you know, dealing with statues mm -hmm. and dealing with building names. And you look back and the names, you know, the, who the building was named for, well, they don't really stack up to, to today's sure. uh, morals. Uh, going on right now across the country, Audubon societies, uh, almost every state Audubon society now is looking at changing its name because as more facts come out, Mr. Audubon was, because I kind of joke, he, he liked birds, people not so much. Yeah. He was a uh, pro-slavery, traded slaves, advocate for slavery. Uh, or the Oregon Audubon Society just changed your name to, to the Oregon Bird Alliance. Yeah, that was a show we just did yesterday, in fact. Right. So, and then the statues, uh, from mm -hmm. the Confederate statues, of course, going down in the South mm -hmm. to... To here in Portland, where the uh, uh, kind of the, the the protests after George Floyd and the 
uh, they knocked down a statue of Teddy Roosevelt and of Abraham Lincoln uh, and George Washington here in Portland and, and Eugene, of course, at, on the campus of U of O, the sure. pioneer and pioneer father were, were knocked down. Mm -hmm. um, so as it, it, people frequently ask, ask us and ask me for my advice on this whole statue issue and naming issue. And my first reaction is that, well, when people talk about history, it's a good thing. Because history is a fascinating topic to talk about. But you, you just need to be provide all the facts. Uh, if you want to have a statue up of Teddy Roosevelt or Abraham Lincoln, because they certainly did some great things and mm -hmm. moved history forward, then you you have a, a plaque or material that says, here's what they did and here's here's the good and the bad. I mean, you provide all the facts. Let me, for our audience, reintroduce you. We're talking with the executive director of the Oregon Historical Society, Carrie Timchuk, and we're talking on the state's birthday, 164 five years of statehood. You know, as we get towards the end, and I, and I love what you just talked about, stories, share with us, if you could, one or two of your favorite stories that you've learned about the history of Oregon. Well, uh, so many. I mean, I was trying to think of uh, a, a favorite to tell. Uh, we've, we've got the, uh, the wonderful story about uh, the Willamette meteorite. Okay. Uh, which was the largest meteorite ever to hit North America it was six feet by 10 feet, weighed 16 tons. Uh, it hit, scientists believe, in present day uh, Montana or British Columbia, you know, how many eons ago, who knows, mm -hmm. and then washed down to Oregon and the Ice Age floods wow. that transformed the landscape of the Northwest. Uh, settling in present day uh, Lake Oswego, West Lynn area, suburbs of Portland, where it sat undetected for who knows how many, you know, eons on end. Mm. Until it was discovered by the first Oregonians, the indigenous people, uh, who regarded it as a piece of the moon that had been sent down for their uh, spiritual ceremonies. Uh, the, the, the tribe eventually moved out or, you know, lost sight of the fact that it was there, they're nomadic, and it set, set again for who knows how many years. Until it was discovered by a Welsh immigrant farmer in 1903 who was logging illegally on his neighbor's property, uh, discovers it, regarded realizes what it is and decides he has to have it hmm. well his first th his first thought somewhat honest was to buy the land next door hmm. without of course telling the people what he had found on their land and ironically given that a, the meteorite is 91 percent iron it ended up on property owned by the oregon iron and steel company <laughs> uh, he's only a poor farmer he can't afford the money uh so his next thought a little less honest was steal it so armed with nothing more than a horse and his teenage son, he spends three backbreaking months devising this system to get this 16-ton meteorite three-quarters of a mile over his property line. Uh, finally does it, uh, and then promptly builds a shack around it and starts charging 25 cents admission. Uh, people flock out to see it, including somebody from the Smithsonian. They send somebody out to certify that this is the largest meteorite ever hit North America. Unfortunately for the farmer, Ellis Hughes was his name, he didn't quite cover up his tracks well enough because one of his first visitors was the attorney for Oregon Iron and Steel, who couldn't help but kind of notice some, uh, some clues back on his client's property. <laughs> A three-year-long lawsuit ensues up and down through the Clackamas County court system before finally the Oregon Supreme Court rules its ownership is belongs to Oregon Iron and Steel. By then, Going on in Portland is essentially the World's Fair, the Lewis and Clark Centennial Exposition. Uh, they get it down there, put it on display, promising never to let this Oregon treasure leave Oregon. Uh, the expo ends, 
They sell it to a New York City socialite for $20,000. She gives it to the Museum of Natural History in New York City, where it's been ever since. <laughs> uh, that, just as, and I went back you know, six, seven years ago and saw it for the first time and stood there as everybody who walked by said, Willamette Meteorite, reading, <laughs> reading the sign. And I wanted to say, no, it's Willamette, damn it, is how you remember, remember it. Uh, but there, it, it's still newsy today because... Uh, a couple of years ago, the tribal descendants, the Grand Rons, filed suit under federal law NAGPRA, the Native American Graveyard Repatriation Act, essentially saying, give it back. And they reached an out-of-court settlement with the museum where once a year, the tribal leaders uh, go to New York City and are allowed to have a ceremony at the meteorite. And the museum had to promise that if they ever take it off display, that ownership reverts back to the tribe. Wow. That's, that's a history I, I didn't know. Yeah, a story that started, you know, in time memorial and continues to the day of this of this amazing meteorite. Well, that, that that's a perfect encapsulation of, of what we're we're studying because as you, as you so eloquently put, history is obviously ongoing and 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 it's not just about the past; it's about the future as well. Uh, Kerry Timchuk, executive director for the Oregon Historical Society, talking to us on on Oregon's birthday. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting. My pleasure. Let me urge your listeners, if you go to uh, www.ohs.org, our website, go to the bottom of the first page you'll see there, and there's a place to sign up for a free uh, e-digest that we send out every Thursday. That's great. That's great. Well, we'll put that link on our website as well. You bet. Thanks very much. Thank you. That's our show for today. The state of Oregon has been through a lot in the past century and a half. We've grown exponentially and become a leader in the nation in so many important things. And while it's never fun to talk about, our troubling past, especially with regard to race and discrimination, is very much a part of our history and one we all need to accept and learn from. Here's to the next 165 years of the state of Oregon and to an even brighter future. I want to thank Kerry Timchuk of the Oregon Historical Society for talking with us today. This show, along with all episodes of Oregon on the Record, is available at klcc.org. I'm Michael Dunn, and this has been Oregon on the Record on KLCC. Thanks for listening.